0: Welcome to Bo Deedle True Crime Story. And I got my favorite guy with me today, my brother, my partner, my very best friend, Michael Cerevola, one of the most famous detective lieutenant, broke the Zodiac case. He broke so many cases. He's my hero. But more so, he's like my brother. And he now, he was president of my company for many, many years. And now he's still our chief investigator. Uh, we got Mike Ruggiero running the case. In this case, we're going to talk about, it was a conglomeration of Mike Ruggiero, Mike Shriver, and myself, this is a case that was rather cold. When you talk about cold cases, so I'm going to give you a little setup, and Mike, you could jump in as we're yep. talking about. So the setup is followed. <laughs> We have one of the great attorneys that we work with. We do a lot of cases with him. The great John Q. Kelly. He's probably one of the finest lawyers that I've ever worked with in all types of case. Personal injury, this is a homicide case. So the people, he was a big Fox News contributor, CNN. He is the real deal. He's not one of these forgazy lawyers that talk the talk and doesn't do the do. He does the do. And John Kelly came, called me up and said, Bob, I have a a triple murder in Kentucky. I says, okay, do me a favor. Go find me a map. Where the hell is Mm -hmm. Kentucky? Only kidding. So he talks about a murder that occurred. Three people were murdered. And uh, it's happened in uh, 2015. And the family has gotten no results. So then I told John, okay, we'll bring the family. And what was left of the family was the son and the sister, of the deceased. Right. Now who was killed was Calvin Phillips, his wife Pamela Phillips and uh, Edward Danzero who was the next door neighbor. Three people were killed. And this is a case that was going on for uh, three years before they came. And I'll never forget, My in our conference room at One Penn Plaza, we had the big conference room, and they come in there and they were emotional, crying and all that. And they said, we really need help. We have no closure. And basically, they started to tell us the story. Now, basically, I'll start the story and you jump in. And they tell us the story about Calvin Phillips, the father, was found shot to death at his home in Pembroke, Kentucky, on around November 18, 2015. And the bodies of his wife, Pamela, and their neighbor Edward Densheru were found in Pamela's car. It was a burnt-out car, but their bodies were found in there. The investigation was gone; was going on for about three years. No arrests were made, and then all of a sudden, we got involved in the in the case. Now, Michael, I want you to bring up the what the the layer of the involvement with the fella across the street that was eventually arrested and he was arrested. Get this. He was a, American Airlines pilot who had a conviction for being court-martialed, and he was also being able to be a pilot. He was eventually arrested. We'll tell you that, what happened there.
1: Let's do a warm-up, Michael. What all right, so so first of all, we were behind the eight ball when we got this case because they came to us in September of 2018. Three years later. Yeah. So the case is, as you already pointed out, a little bit cold. So what had happened was... This major, and his name is Kit Martin lived across the the road it's a very rural area of Pembroke Kentucky lived across the road from them and this major was married to a girl it was her second marriage and she had a couple of young kids and she confided in you know Cal Phillips uh, who ultimately became a victim and his wife he, Pam. Lived, he lived right across the street yeah from, the, from the- and, and, and he went on to she went on to tell him listen my husband you know he's beating my kids I'm threatened by him I want Want to leave him and and this couple, the Phillips family, said, "Look, we have a rental property not far from here. It's not rented out. We can give you a safe place to stay. Yeah, now, for a, for a short time.
0: And and okay, keep going with that. So, now you have to understand something. This is important. If they were neighbors right across the street. They lived from each other. They right. were kind of friendly. But then the woman came to for help. Right." against this guy, who was abusive. Her son, I believe, Michael? Yes. Her son,
1: he was supposed to He smack. had some marks on his back. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead. So Cal Phillips and his wife, they reach out. They try to help her. And so one day, this woman's husband is at work, this, this Army major. Cal goes across the street with her, and they're going to take some of her belongings out, and they're going to move out to this safe house. And what happens is uh, Mr. Phillips, who's an Army veteran, did 15 years in the Army, army, he sees some confidential, top-secret disks lying around near near the major computer. And
0: these disks, I believe, were the movements in Afghanistan. Afghanistan, and yeah. And these were top-secrets, and he should not have had them. They should not
1: have left the base. And then and then Calvin Phillips being a military guy knows he should not have had them. He took possession of them and he called the FBI and that got the ball rolling that this this major and living across the street has classified top secret information in his home.
0: Now, we got to remember Martin was an army major. He was also accused after this, he was accused of several crimes and Calvin Phillips was named as the potential witness for the prosecution. Because I'm setting up the motive, means yeah. and opportunity. Here. Yeah. So okay, so, Martin then faced Michael child rape charges, right. accusations he beat his stepson, and charges he mishandled the secret information. That information on CDs and laptop had been discovered by Calvin Phillips. Right. So all of a sudden now he knows this. This Kit Martin
1: knows that this guy is the one that's going to testify. He's going to testify at his court-martial, and he's going to end this guy's career, and there's the motive.
0: Now, we got to remember, too— Martin was found guilty of two counts of the mishandling classified material and two counts of assault of a child, but not guilty of the rape of a child and communicating a threat. But he got ninety days. Yeah, he got ninety days, Michael. But listen, he was able to become an airline pilot, a full captain. But that was
1: that was after the fact. Okay, yeah. But he did his ninety days in the brig. But. Leading up to the trial where he knew Cal Phillips was going to testify against him and and say he found these classified disks, that's where he hatched the plan to get rid of the witness.
0: Okay, so now now all of a sudden, let's go to the day of the murders okay. and how we reconstructed it, Mike, and what was the final piece of the most important piece of the evidence we'll talk about in a little while, but
1: start the day off, okay? Okay. So Pam Phillips works in a bank, and she tells Cal, who's now semi-retired, listen, we're getting the washing machine delivered here from the where have they bought it from, mm-hmm. so be home to accept the washing machine. Yeah. And she says, I'm going to work. So she leaves to go to work, and Cal is home, Cal, the guy across the street, Major Kit Martin, comes across the street and he kills Cal Phillips. He shoots him five times in the chest with a 40 caliber revolver, a Glock. And he throws him down into a basement with a big trap door, puts a rug over the trap door. But before he closes the door, he tries to set fire Around the body, and then when he closes his door, he kills all the oxygen, so the fire doesn't really, really take get off. going. So right. now
0: you got him being shot, right? By our friend Kid Mark, and comes over there right. with a, what was that forty caliber, Michael? Yeah, it was a forty, 40 caliber, caliber block. clock So now what happens is he tries to burn the evidence, burn him up. It does it. The fire goes out. Go right. ahead, Mike. He leaves.
1: Now. Pam Phillips comes home from work about 5 o'clock, 5.30, like that. And she's talking to her girlfriend on the telephone. And the girlfriend said in the middle of the conversation, Pam made a sound like like she was startled. Mm -hmm. And then there's no No more more phone conversation. That was it.
0: So we don't know. I mean, we we don't know now. But obviously, she saw something that startled her.
1: And go ahead, Mike. And ultimately, Pam was shot with a, with 22. a .22 caliber
0: Now, this gun. is important now. All of a
1: sudden, when she gets shot, how does our neighbor, our good-, good- Ed Dancero, yeah. who was a piano teacher, he lived right next door. And he must have heard something, saw something, came running, and he had his own little- Gun that he was going to come and protect uh, Pam with, Pam, yeah. and he gets shot right out on the grass between the now, two we, houses. Now, we, we don't have any video of that, no. but this is all presumption of what right. happened. Right. So now,
0: a kid Martin killed Pamela, Calvin, and our friend next door, Desiree. He kills all three right. of them. Now, let's move a little fast. Right well, now.
1: what he does now to try to cover up his crime, he puts Dancero in the trunk of Pam's car. He puts Pam in the car. He drives it to a- We a, don't know a, when, but- Well, it was sometime that right. night. Right, late, because, because he set his alarm for 1 a.m. Well,
0: this is a key piece of evidence. He sets his alarm for 1 a.m., and then he has video cameras for his alibi. Right. The only problem is that 1 a.m., Time period, there's no video for that. Right. So there's no video of him leaving. He made sure he's he a very sabotaged smart the guy. camera. Yeah, Kid Martin's a very smart guy. He thought. Also, the crime scene. Of, of, well, we're going to get into the crime scene, but Kid Martin was a smart guy. He sh- shut the video off where he was able to have that time of driving that car about a mile and a half down,
1: Michael? Yeah, about a mile and a half, two miles. And there's a witness the
0: down there that
1: hears a car. Now, this is rural, rural Kentucky. You, you can hear a car pulling up. Well, this up. is in the big, middle of a big farm field. field. Right. And, and when the car... You know, he puts the accelerant on it and burns the car with the two bodies in it. You know, I mean, it's, it's a big car, yeah. And you see this big ball of flame. So somebody calls the fire department, yeah. and the fire department responds. They extinguish the fire, and the police come and they find the two bodies in the car. Okay, so now we got those two bodies. Now,
0: now the investigation. This is two thousand and fifteen.
1: One other thing, I just want to add. Yeah, Dancero's car was found. The following day, in a parking lot with his wallet in it and the keys to the car in it, please come and take me. You know, he set it up, so maybe somebody will steal that car and take it out of there. Gotcha, gotcha. So now the investigator. this is 2015, Michael? 2000, November of right. so this
0: is before they came to us. So once we got it, we started looking at every aspect. And some of the things we learned looking at the reports, there were no— Projectile cartridges that an automatic fires these things out the projectiles. There was none found, am I correct, Michael?
1: The police did not find any. Now, this is a really important aspect of the case.
0: no, no, the important part of it, I think, is they actually get a warrant for the guns that are under his name. Am I correct, Mike? Yes, they got where a they search ever...
1: warrant for his house.
0: So we're talking about Kid Martin now. They go to his house with a search warrant. They open his safe where his guns are, and there's a forty caliber Glock in there, correct. which they take evidence. Right. But there's
1: no recovered— Showcasing. On... Showcasing. Go ahead, Mike. So Kit Martin— you know, cleaned up his brass, the spent shells to take the evidence out of there. But he missed one. So a couple of months after the murders, the family is is present. They want to clean up the house. They want to wash away the blood. They're, they're heart sick over the loss of, of his parents, Matt Phillips. He's there with his aunt and and some other people. And they're cleaning up the house. While they're cleaning up the house, they're moving some lumber from the front porch where we strongly believe that Cal was shot and then thrown down the basement. Mm-hmm. And they're moving some lumber and they find a brass shell casing 40 caliber for a 40 caliber. And so now they have this, right? So they call the police. But what's really, really interesting in here, yeah. Two people knock on the door while the family is there and some friends, and they're cleaning the house. And they say, Oh, we're from the local church. We want to help clean up two women. And we strongly believe that one of those women was a private investigator hired by Cal Phillips. To go in there because he knew he no no, he expended, no was hired by Kid Martin. Uh, Kid Martin, because he knew he shot five times he only, and he only had four cases. So in other words, Kid Martin, you feel
0: Michael hired this private investigator to see if he could recover that missing round. If Correct. he counted them, he knows the, what
1: the family did not admit those people. Then they find the round under a bunch of lumber strewn in the so corner the room. So now we have room. that
0: round. It's the inexperience. Of the Kentucky State Police were involved.
1: Yeah. And the local were involved. The Pembroke uh, and, Police Department. And their
0: assumptions was right away because the Glock does not have rifling. What rifling is, uh, is a circular thing in the, in the barrel of the gun where you're able to get rifling off of any kind of a projectile that comes out. But they said because there was no rifling, no, because they got bullets from his body, they couldn't match it up because a Glock did a rifle and then, as we we're investigating this, because now it's on to well, our side.
1: We had many, many meetings in our conference room at BDA, yeah. and Mike Ruggiero is very, very familiar with ballistics ATF, and the yeah. ATF and all that stuff. And Mike says, wait a minute. He says, you have the shell casing. Mm-hmm. We have the gun. We can discern what gun that shell casing came out of from a unique— marking that it makes on the back of the primer. It's like a distinctive, it's a fingerprint on that particular uh, bullet. And
0: so in other words, that would be like ballistics. But also, when it's ejected, there's a certain striation. Right. What's it right. called, Michael?
1: Striations, markings. Uh, well, it, uh, it's got marks that come out when it ejects of, it. Yeah, right. And that is definitive also like a fingerprint. Right. So we urge them to get this shell casing and the gun to ATF. Which they ultimately did. Now, hold on. We we missed a little bit, a little bit, Michael. And then what was the videos we looked at? Who was the one
0: with the cell phone? Whose cell phone? They have the video going into the cell phone shop.
1: His ex-wife, the wife that was estranged from Kit Martin.
0: Yeah. She was seen with the phone, cell phone of the deceased. Right of Pamela right. going into we have video we're looking at video with her going into the phone store right.
1: what in the hell was she doing with, with Pamela's cell phone well I mean Kip, Kip Martin, Martin was trying to set her up so she would be suspected yeah
0: we you know this trial now Michael and I we were watching we we had TVs in our office we like TV sometimes this was on uh, court TV for about a month Michael yeah very yeah. interesting and I'm gonna tell you the jury I think went out about two three hours came okay. right Back. It, it was Bingo. a short
1: time, four or five hours. And, uh,
0: you know, when, whenever you investigate a homicide, you investigate a homicide is you look for motive, which is there, the means, which is there, and the opportunity. And it fit in all criteria. Now, the funny part about this, they're looking for him. There's a warrant out by the FBI. And then they do some due diligence. and they find out he's an American airline pilot. They go to what's that, that airport, Michael?
1: Louisville, Kentucky.
0: Louis, what was Muhammad Ali Airport? Muhammad Ali Airport. So he's actually, I'm laughing because he's actually boarding a flight. He's an airline pilot. He committed a triple murder. And now he's getting on a plane to fly a damn plane with people. He worked for a
1: small subsidiary of American Airlines called PSA. Mm -hmm. And they did small puddle jump flights. So he was flying from Louisville, Kentucky to Charlotte. And he intended to do that, but he got handcuffs put on him right during, at the during airport. During the trial,
0: during the trial, <laughs> the, the thing that they really sunk him was he actually testified in his own trial. That is not a good idea. Yeah. And I think the jurors saw right through him yeah. and they saw that what a what a piece
1: of garbage this is. No, I, you know what I, I remember about this case? We were waiting for a definitive answer on the gun being a match to that projectile found at the crime scene. And on a Friday night, we had closed the office at Five o'clock and about 7.30 that night, I get a phone call. It's a match, and we were yeah, so we were happy. Elated. I mean, uh, we uh, were elated. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let me tell you something. That was a great piece. Of, if, if we don't get involved with this kid, you got to remember, Michael, what they have state troopers, they had counties, and every, they had everybody yeah. involved with it. And then I'm, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Mike Ruggiero, who knew immediately that, yep. we would have known, because I think you actually said, oh, they probably checked. It. And I said, they probably checked it. One little piece of evidence turned this whole case. But every, all, all the other pieces of the puzzle, Michael, yes, all it. fit in. People got to understand when you present a case of murder to a jury, it's not just that one piece. But when you put all those pieces of the puzzle together, witnesses, all that, what it is, is it comes out with a clear picture of what. Actually happened, and the motive was beyond anything. The motive was there was he was going to be the witness against them, and this was really one of the really great cases. But again, it was a case where, and I say it all the time, with all respect to all detectives everywhere, you cannot go to a classroom and become a detective. Experience what it's all about, Michael, right. am I right? Working Even cases. looking at someone, you're interviewing them. When you're talking to someone, you could see their motion yeah. and you Body feel lines. And a feeling, Mike, you get a feeling something ain't
1: right. That sixth sense in your gut.
0: You can't do it to a grand jury, Michael. Right. It's non-tangible. Right. But it's one of the great things that great detectives out there have. This was a case that he was convicted and he, he wants to appeal. I don't know what he's going to appeal on. And he's, he's in a great state to appeal it. If it was New York State, he probably would have not gotten convicted. And he would have uh, appealed the
1: conviction and would have been thrown out. Well, Governor Beshear, the the governor of Kentucky, he was the state attorney general. And he believed in this case. And he worked hard on this case.
0: Yeah. Well, and we also— we don't want to embarrass anybody. We we don't want to knock anybody. But, you know, as I said, information is power, Mike. Yep. And all the years of information that we're able to investigate cases, people come to us with these cold cases. And we did your case, remember, with the Lawrence Spear case. Yep. And I know that's still hauntingly in your mind. Yep. And you'll never have closure to the day you're breathing that that you want to find whoever I'll never whatever. quit and the thing is again this is the advantage but the only other problem is you got to have money to hire us yeah. that's the big problem yeah. I'd love to do pro bono what do you call it pro, pro bono yeah pro bono I wish we could do pro bonos but we can't yeah. and I just want to let everybody know you know At BDA, Bowdietal Investigations, we take on the hard cases and we certainly give you all the experience that we have. And we have that experience to help you come to a conclusion on any of your cases. You can contact us again at www.investigations.com or call our office, 212-557-3334. Again, I thank everybody for listening to Bo Deedle's One Tough uh,
1: Podcast, and also Bo Deedle's True Crime search Michael, anything you got to say toward the end? No, this was a very, very—you know, we've we handled thousands of cases together over the years. This was an extremely satisfying conclusion to a, a hard-worked case.
0: Well, I thank everybody again. Remember, you can find us at www.investigation.com. Give us a call— And uh, we certainly would love to hear from you. And we'll talk to you next week on another interesting case. Thank you.